right. You know what? So fuck off. Seriously, welcome to Fuck You Friday. This is how we're going to roll this Friday. I'm a little pissed off. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. And I'm really excited because we have Guy McIntyre here as our guest. And man, what a history he has. Three Super Bowl rings, five Pro Bowls, 17 years in the league, perhaps. Um, so no, went thirteen. Yeah, thirteen you know, years in the league. Guy, he's not good with numbers. Yeah, numbers, right? Oh, it was seventeen. Yeah, I, each year you tell me it gets another year. Yeah. Last year he said oh, thirteen, then oh, one only year only thirteen. Okay, only thirteen. 13 years. Okay, but I, I've been in the league doing stuff. Yeah, you know, between for, for a long time. For a while. Well, yes, you're yes. still in the league. You're still, still a member league. of the Niners organization still in an is. active still role. Is. Yeah. Right, right. Based on what I saw at lunch, you could probably still play three or four plays. Dude, I could run out the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, that's, that's well, I can't even do that. Done. I'm only 40. Yeah. I don't know my bad hip. <laughs> yeah. It all depends on how I'm feeling that day. You know, you know guys, I'm, it's wonderful that we're having organic conversation here. <laughs> but let me just start off by saying every time that we, we set this podcast, because you never know who's going to turn into what episode. I believe this is our fifth episode. And um, looking forward to this this conversation. But in that context, uh, Case, would you just do a quick rundown of, of and explain to Guy um, what this really is about? And then we'll, we'll kick off there. And I'm excited, but this is just what we have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Guy, we came up with this concept because it was something that happened to me back in college. And it was really about Friday being the third day of the weekend and the mentality that that kind of set. So we're, right. we were looking at it going, how do we flip that on its head? We did it in college where it was like on Fridays, you're going to compete with the guy who's ahead of you or the guy that you don't like. Right. And really it came down to close to fist fighting that guy, right? And I really just loved that. It's like tackle whatever you have in front of you head on, right. fight the guy that's in front of you, win and compete on Fridays. Like all of these things from a mentality standpoint, I was super excited about. So we put together this podcast to talk about elite either athletes, former athletes, or people that have done entrepreneurial ventures or just anybody that's done something exciting in their life and wanted to pick their brains as far as what did they do when the lights weren't on? What were they doing uh, to separate themselves? Because there's a lot of people with talent in this world, right? right? We can all agree on that. True. And so for people to maximize that talent and really do something special with it, we thought we could pick some things out from it and learn from it, and hopefully people are going to get something from it. So that that's kind of the the – the origin of where this came yeah. from. We got together and just wanted to meet people like you, talk to you as far as some of the special things you've done in your life and how you actually were able to, you know, to, to fulfill some of those dreams of yours. Yeah, I thought awesome. it was just two dudes that just decided to... Okay, that's talk. actually what it is. <laughs> that's actually right. the truth right, of yeah. what it is. Gloves are off. Gloves are off. No, it, it's it's really interesting. Look, we just had we just had a major NFL draft, right? Last night yeah. we all we all watched it, um, and I thought this was a great way to jump in with the first question is to talk about a little bit about your your draft experience or or what the hell happened. I mean, you you were in Georgia, you played at Georgia, which I think they're still they, they offer degrees and all that stuff. They're still, um, but you were at Peabody Georgia. Award. Yeah, Remember, and you, Award. you blocked for you blocked for Herschel Walker. I mean. There's a history already there, but maybe start a little bit about where you're from and then take us all the way to draft day to explain the dynamics of some things, including, you know, who you had as your agent, because I, I want to hear about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just listening to the young men last night. Um, different ones have different stories. And um, one that really caught my attention was a kid that came from, like, um, Sierra Lopez. Uh, Come on, you're, you're, Sierra, from, you're Northwestern. Uh, I'm from Georgia. The, the kid who came Sierra Leone. Yeah, I knew yeah, you'd he, get, he, you'd his get it. His mom escaped war and everything. Yeah, and, and he he had in his mind that he was he was gonna make it to the pros. He got to Michigan. Bubba Paris would be proud of that. You know, he's yeah, we'll Michigan talk about guy. Bubba a little later too. We got some problems. But with Bubba. Uh, you know, just listening to his story, and I was like, you know, it took me back mm. to where I was. Um, 
I came from Thomasville, Georgia, a little small town, southern Georgia, deep south Georgia, where the rattlesnakes and pine trees grow <laughs> <Oof>. tall. <laughs> devil lives down there, too, yeah, I hear. Yeah. The devil came from Georgia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, and, and it's football. It's, it's Friday Night Lights type wow. thing. You know, uh, I was fortunate to um, be around some good people. I mean, William Andrews came from my hometown. Um, Henry Childs came wow. from my hometown. Um I had cousins that um, went, Larry Johnson, he went to Green Bay Packers. He went to Little Albany State down there. Um, but football, you know, down south, Valdosta, all it of is, that. It's a it, thing. It, it's a thing. It's it, a life. It, it's, 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 it's God, family, football. Yeah. And not, not in that order <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a debate sometimes in and of itself. Not on Fridays. <laughs> right, on Fridays, true. I mean, you can steal anything on a Friday night in a small town in Georgia because everybody's tuned into the football game. I mean, we used to get about, what, 7,000 people wow. at uh, the major that, game. That's actually more than Casey had ever played <laughs> at San Jose State in front of. I think the fans averaged about 3,000. Uh, you, you actually brought up something that's actually called playing, <laughs> whereas where you were you were the water boy. So, anyways, we digress. Go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Dave. yeah, sorry, guys. But, you know, even Charlie Ward. Charlie yeah. Ward, Hyveson Trophy winner. I mean, I, I'm from a small hometown, small town, um, and – We've had about three Super Bowls, a Heisman Trophy. Wow. We've had about five or six pros over the years, and maybe even more than that yeah. from that small town. We're That's right, pretty I'm about, crazy. I'm about 30 minutes from the border of Florida, deep south. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had that same thing. I mean, one thing I talk, tell people, I said, if you can go two a days in South Georgia, man, you can do anything. <laughs> you, you walk, <laughs> you step outside, and you sweat. Oh. What, what is it like when you're in a small town and, and you're the guy for a high school football team? Are you are you are you famous? Well, yeah. Well, I wasn't the guy. I was a guy, but I came the guy as I became a junior and a senior. I was that number one guy. Everybody was kind of trying to get after. I was one of the top 11 guys in the state of Georgia when I came out. I was recruited by Michigan State, Michigan, I mean, UCLA, SC. And that's where I really wanted to go. You wanted I, to go to SC? You wanted I, to go to California? I, I, well, because I, that's what I saw. I saw that Trojan horse, you know. I saw that Trojan <laughs> yeah. I thought horse. you saw a blonde or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to go to USC. <laughs> I just wasn't good enough. Yeah. But I, I remember just sitting there looking at the Trojans because they were always on television yeah. and stuff. Uh, and I didn't. I wasn't really thinking about Georgia Bulldogs, even though I knew Georgia sure. was a great football school and everything. But I just. It, but then when it came down to it. And I was getting recruited and stuff like that. I thought about my mom mm. coming to see me play, and you know how I how was she going to get to California? Not I didn't know that there were ways for her ba- to get to back California. In, wait, back in back yeah. in back in your day, did they have to take horseback? No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think it was horses yet. There, it was trains. You know, we we're just getting just into play. Well, it's kind of interesting though. Did it, so you're look, you're recruited by the top top coaches in the in the country right. did did the georgia coaches kind of tug at your heartstrings and use that as a ploy to get you to stay well no they didn't really use that um i mean i think what it was uh no it really was my mom mm. not knowing that if she could come and play see me play way out in california sure 
I didn't really know that, you know, there was ways that they could do that. And especially back in those days, yeah, yeah, there were more ways than usual. That's a great point. Okay, so you have a lot of different colleges that are after you, right? Right. What is recruiting like back in the day? What are some things? This is the Wild West, right? We're we're so far away from it now that it doesn't matter. You can't incriminate anybody. So there's a lot of things that go (laughs) on that a lot of people don't know about. So whatever I say can't be held against you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But, no, I was being recruited in – I'm not going to call names. I'm not you don't have to call names, but were you offered money? I was recruited by a certain school in Alabama. With a coach named no, Bear? No, oh, no, oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, yeah. One thing I did say I wanted to meet and beat the Bear. I always yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah, bear Bryant. That's a Bear-Bryant. legendary college yeah, legendary coach. <laughs> but a certain school, <laughs> no names, yeah. right? But you can figure that out if yeah, you're, you're sure. a Northwestern guy, so you, yeah. you'll figure yeah, that thank out. Thank you, thank you. But, um, <laughs> you know, I went on the recruiting trip. Uh, they said, okay, you come here, blah, blah. This is what you do. This is what you get when you sign this. this wow, is so it's like sign. a nice little term sheet. That's on the back of a napkin, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got recruited before. But you're right. So, But, no, and then I said, you know, I'm from Georgia. Yeah. I ain't got nothing, really, you know. Meager, real meager background. Yeah, sure. uh, family worked in the, you know, sunny land, the, the meat plant down there. Sure. But um, so I can went home, and the next thing I know, one day I was sitting around the house. I got a phone call, right? Yeah. And they asked me, did you go take a visit to so-and-so? Really? And back then they were taking scholarships, plus they were finding the schools. They were taking your scholarship if you got caught. Oh, wow. In some kind of scandal. but And they were also penalizing the school. So the person asked me, "Did they offer? What did they offer you?" Right? I said, "No, I, yeah, I went down there, but they didn't offer me." <laughs> yeah, anything, yeah, right? yeah. yeah I, we're, and, we're, we're we're trying to say wrong number, so right. <laughs> you know, and, and I hung up. Right? Yeah. But but you know, the guy had came. Then he came. Then they came to the hometown, and he took me over to a, a alumni house, sure. and you know, had a little talk. Yes. And he took off his he took his wallet out and took the money off the wallet off his money clip and gave it to me and wow. said. I just want you to trust me, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a nice walk of trust, yeah. (laughs) And this was 79. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was no Michael George back then, right? There was only Chuck Taylor, right? Yeah. So, but, uh, and and I looked at the money, you know, after he drove off, and it was probably about $200. Which is, that's that's significant. That's significant money, right? Yeah, yeah. that's probably three or 4,000 right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Probably is. Yeah, 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 basically. And, And, you know, I thought about it, and I said, okay. But then I got that phone call, and I'm a fast forward. Yeah. I'm in Green Bay. Yes. I got a really good friend from Georgia. He took care. He was my buddy ever since I came to Georgia. He used to take care of my mom when they came up sure. there and everything. <laughs> he sat down there and said, Look like you made it pretty good so far, right? <laughs> I, this this is after I played ten years. Yeah, this is after you've won uh, three, three Super Bowls, Bowls Pro you're, Bowls. You're now with the Packers, with the Packers. He said, uh, "You remember that phone call?" <laughs> was it? I said, "No, it was you." <laughs> wow. He uh, said, "Yeah." So it's, it's come full circle. It's full circle. Wow. But he went to all my Pro Bowls, all Super Bowls, and stuff with me. We're still very close family wise, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> He said, you know, we were just trying to call you to find out what the other school offered. <laughs> you were trying to figure out what the market was. Yeah, yeah, because well, we had to top it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I went to Georgia. Well, so, yeah, you go to Georgia, and you, you, go, as a, you go as a tight end. Tight end. Went as, a tight, as a tight end. end. And, then, and then you're – 
You got, did you guys go for a national not, championship? I don't know. No, not that year, but I got switched over to defense because they used to let guys in the in the spring go two ways and see if they could play both defense and offense. Sure. I always wanted to be a defensive player. I wow. almost quit football really? in the ninth grade when they wanted to just make me a tight end. You know what's so fascinating? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, just real yeah. quick. We had Bud Dupree on uh, yeah. a, a few weeks back. His gripe was the exact opposite. Yeah, he wanted to play tight end, not play on defense. It's kind of funny. Well, so you're you're really mild mannered, right? right? Nice to everybody. So is there something that in your personality that flips where you, that defensive mentality yeah. is different? So why was it that you wanted to play defense, and what what what's going on in your head that it like when the when the lights come on or when you cross that line and you start playing? Well, that's it. That's it. My and my dad saw this. God bless his soul. He's not with us. He died when I was in Philly uh, playing for the Eagles. But um, he saw in me when I was young, he said, "You, when you get mad, you're a whole different person. <laughs> you're a whole different person on the field. He made that observation. Because he used to throw the football to me. That's why I thought, you know, that's why I could catch the football and sure. stuff. He played football, but he wasn't that big. He, You know, he wasn't big. But um, but he loved football, yeah. But and, and he taught me. He just said so he made he he made a you know he he made an observation. He said when you when you get mad you you're a whole different person on the field. And I used to have to get myself in that state of mind because I am a nice huh. calm guy pretty much right. you know until that's to well, that to that. Uh, well, how did you do it? Just mentally, mentally, like, I would I would work myself up. I would say. I'm not going to get embarrassed today. You ain't going to embarrass me. You may get one. You may get two. You may even get three on me. But you ain't going to beat me all day. I, when it comes down to it, when I cross the, like you said, when I cross the stripes, I don't have no friend. It's, it's game on. And are you actually looking at your the the person next to you, in front of you, or is it just you see the whole team, the color is the opposite? Like I'm, I'm so fascinated by the mindset of somebody who's had that much success and to turn it from mild mannered. I saw you at lunch, mild mannered. <laughs> everybody's cool, but. What happens, like in your in your mind? Take us into that mindset as to what you're looking at or feeling at the time, because it's probably the complete opposite of what you would see in a normal day. Yeah, it's it's, it's nameless faces, man. Okay, and, and like you said, when it don't matter, you're in another color jersey. I don't care if you're my teammate or whatever. We're at practice. It's on. We we cross that line once you. I say once I cross that that chalk chalk line, it's on. I don't have no friends. It's you or me. You know, I used to go against Michael Carter <laughs> when I was first with the 49ers. And Bill Walsh, great coach that he was, he used to set up things. He used to stop and say, I want to see Mike and Ty and Carter. He's way over here with the quarterbacks. And you way over here doing 101. You would just stop the practice? He would shout and say, I want to see Mike and Ty and Carter go. Now, Carter, by the way, was a hell of a – he ran a 4.5 at 300 pounds. Dude, he was he was a gold medalist. And he Olympic, was a, Olympic, a silver yeah. medalist in the Olympics yeah. that year. And and this was – dude, this was ten times nasty, Michael was. and uh, But Bill would set you on stage like that. Now, you know he's yelling, everybody's looking. Yeah. Everybody's looking. So you either got to fight, you got to show up. You got to show up. But that was that same type of mentality I took huh. when I was in Georgia. You know, when I get out on the field, 
It's all. You know, it, it's interesting talking to just, you mentioned Bill Walsh, and there's a couple of things that uh, fascinating stories that, that you've told me before. One of which is, and this is the role of the coach and how I would, I would think is important to, to providing the culture of winning. Mm-hmm. But talk to me about, for example, one time he would have you guys, and maybe this is yearly, you have to, you have to re, uh, remind me, but uh, the catfish, catfishing and all that. Talk to me about that because it's interesting. He, tell me about the story, and then, then I'll tell you where I'm going. But, right. Well, well, Coach Walsh, I mean, you know, he was so ahead of his time. I mean, a lot of things you see that the NFL is doing now, he thought, he thought more, he thought about the, the whole person. This is the 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 I the you know the emotional intelligence now that everybody's big on he was there then mm. you know he he would say you know you, everybody's the same but you don't treat everybody the same not you treat everybody the same but you have to learn how to talk to different people different ways different people respond and mo- are motivated in different ways you can confront some people on the field but you can't confront everybody on the field there there's certain ways you can do things. He would he would blame the coaches if a player messed up. Wow. He would he huh. would he wouldn't get on the player. He would blame the coach. Wow. And say, what are you teaching him over there, Bob? You know. Yeah. He's not going to be able to make it like that. But yeah. But because he knew that you were going to defend your coach because that's the person that you spend time with. That whole emotional intelligence, that whole trying to understand the person. He spent time trying to understand each individual player on his team and how to get them to. Play at their peak. So, so why would he break a, a very competitive camp that we'd want and have you guys go friggin' fishing and and stock a uh, stock a <laughs> pond with catfish? Why do you, I mean, wh- why did he do that? Because he knew that you needed a break. Mm. He knew that it was intense. He knew that the game itself is an intense game. It, 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 and he knew that the, the human nature. You you give a guy a fish sandwich, you know, just go in a hardworking guy and buy him lunch. He appreciates that. Mm. You do. You take a whole day and y'all go fishing, and it's a but it's still a competition though. It's, it's yeah, still a competition. <laughs> everything it's still is a, it's right. Right, it's still a competition, but you, you give him. It's just that it's, he it, cares about me. It, it's he, it's interesting. It's, yeah, and and most coaches, oh, we gotta get. We can't miss this day. We can't yeah. miss right. this time. We gotta keep grinding. We gotta That's keep right. grinding. Yeah. That's, as a CEO, I mean, don't you, in a way, tailor your coaching in a way? Because you are a coach as a CEO. Do you not uh, kind of employ the same tactics in a way as Walsh would as understanding that person is unique in personality and, and a true leader doesn't, isn't it, is it important that a true leader recognize that there's certain traits that you need to kind of build or push? Or how does that work for you in business? Well, it, it's true. And you also have to read the temperature of the room, right? It was to your point of, well, like, if you're pushing and pushing, you just keep pushing, you're going to push them off the cliff. Right. You have to understand understand different people respond to different things so you not just one size fits all you have to know your people and understand your people and look at it from their perspective a lot of times so leadership whether it's in coaching or in business has they have so many crossovers and there's so so many overlapping things that um, that's why I'm really fascinated by the Bill Walsh stuff so I'm, I'm curious as you change your mentality when it gets to game day and you go onto the field was he the same all the way throughout? Was he the same in practice as he was at the while he was fishing, while he is in games, or does he do the same type of thing? Take mm. us into the mindset of Bill Walsh. Well, Bill Walsh, it seemed like he was always thinking. Mm. He was always trying to make that next move, trying to find out how to get that next ounce of energy out of the person. But that's all because of what he went through. Because, see, 
Bill Walsh had a tag on him. Paul Brown said, I can't trust this dude with a team. Right. So Bill wanted to prove all of that. <laughs> See, he had something. He had a chip him. on his shoulder. He had a chip on his shoulder, but he didn't let that override him to the point that he didn't think about the person. Now, there was confrontation. <laughs> you got an ultra-competitive owner, Eddie DeBartolo. You got an ultra-competitive coach. They're going to go at each other. I mean, they, they, we and you hear, could see it. You could see it. Did, did I mean, you ever experience it, like where, I, where they would go head-to-head in a locker room or anything? After games, you would hear it, man. You would Really? Be, be Do you remember walk. any, like, specific example? Oh, or? I think we were in New Orleans, and we lost to them <laughs> or something, and Bill and Eddie, you could hear, I'm oh, just yelling, <laughs> Bill, come back. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, I think Eddie wanted to talk to the team. Bill didn't want him to talk to the team. Is it halftime? Yeah, no, this was after the game. After a loss. Oh, yeah. after oh, okay. So was Eddie on the sidelines, or is he up oh, in the Eddie box? Was, uh, Eddie was always at the game. Okay. Always at the game. Is he, he on the sidelines, always. actually? Sometimes he would okay. come as the game goes yeah. on. He's on the side. He, he, he works his way down to the field, right. you know. But for the most part, he's up at the top. But, yeah, I mean, they, they were just – but they were ultra competitive. I mean, Eddie saying, look, I'm going to give you everything to win. I'm going to do everything. And he did. He's famous uh, for it. He, there's rules because of Eddie DeBarton. Right. And the same God, that's a hell of a quote. Well, by that's the, the, the salary. The salary cap is is part of because of Eddie right. DeBarlow because his thing was look. His dad owned shopping malls. He, he started that shopping mall yeah. after the wars and stuff. And like DeBarlow still own a, a lot of shopping, shopping malls. malls, right? <laughs> and the team wasn't the team was the team. He didn't want to trying to make money on the team. I mean, I got business. Yeah, this, this is something. This was his entertainment. This entertainment, but. These are people too. Yeah, and in the same way, Eddie, anything he would do, you know, if 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 somebody got ill, even in his office, if somebody if he found out that somebody was hurting or some something happened to him tragically, he would come to their aid. Mm. You know, the people that worked in the that that did our insurance, the people that took a, a care true, of, a true touch of humanity, humanity. Which, which seems to be a common theme about winning. You take interest in the human being. And, and that helps right. because if you give that human, whoever you're working with or for or however they're doing it, it provides value and a, and a connection that makes you guys want to come together as a team and win. Well, let me ask you a question because you have two titans that are in the same room together, right? And sometimes that can work really well and sometimes it can't. But it, all, but it, it, it increases your level of expectation when two people want something so bad. Right. What do you think that dynamic meant to the team from a player's perspective when you see two of the – they're the top people, right? you got the owner and the head coach. It doesn't get any higher than that. What are, what are the players thinking when two people are that elite at what they're doing? And what's the mindset from And you from see the player? friction. Yeah, and you can well, see it. But, but you know that both of these people would do anything for you. You know – Either one of them would go to the wall for you as an individual. And what you want to do is what they're arguing about is winning a losing football game. So what that makes you do is want to go out there and win. So huh. this, these two people won't have this friction because if we win, there's no friction. That's right. The happy room, the locker room's happy. That's right. They, the friction the comes same, when you lose. It's the same thing in business, and right? I, Revenue cures a lot of that's, things. That's right. Winning it's a cures W. A lot of, right. Winning that's, cures a lot of things, there, too, There right? you go. Winning solves everything. Winning, so does yeah. revenue. A lot of revenue can solve a lot of problems that's, in business, and, too. And so you, that's, and, but it makes you want to go and work even harder because you know that 
both of these people will go to the wall for you. And if you are in some kind of need, whether it's personal or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna come to you. If they hear about it, they're gonna come to your rescue. They're gonna see what what's what can I help so you? So that do. so that touch of humanity is an Same important thing. cog. Same thing. Yeah. Touch, touch of humanity every time. It works. So it there's works. famous stories about Eddie DeBartolo, right? And him taking, you know, families of players and, right. and people that work in the building and their families on vacations after these Super Bowls. Can you can you take us through and oh, I want to get to the Super Bowls, but I'm still fascinated by Eddie DeBartolo from an ownership perspective because he doesn't I mean they don't do that anymore. No, no. Well, they they outlawed. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they don't Celery. do it anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we went to Hawaii. We we've, we've gone to a lot of different places. I think the first time we won, we we had a um, nice thing at the uh, Palace of Fine Arts wow. and things of that nature. And Eddie flew everybody out. He flew everybody back to um, to Ohio one time and had a big party there. And and then he did. He took us to Hawaii. And and it wasn't just the players. It was secretaries. It was the the, the, the guy that cleaned up the building and stuff. Well, it and, was it was everybody. Was it was a, family. That's awesome. It was family. But then and again, it goes back. If you look back, it goes back to his dad. His dad was the same way. In his corporation, if, if he found out somebody was hurting or somebody, he'd say, here. Did did Eddie and Bill, what what impact and influence, whether it be the same or different, obviously empathy and some of the things you just talked about, but what impact have they had on your life? And it's that same thing that, that I know that people are people. They do stuff, but they're still human beings and they still hurt. They still need to be congratulated. They still need a pat on the back. And if they if they need something, they still sometimes they need you to just come up to them and say, how you doing? You know, and say, is your family all right? What's going on? You know, if, if it's anything I could do, you know, just a simple thing. I graduated from Menlo College, right? And I... And I didn't know Bill knew that I was going to school, but Bill sent me a present and stuff like that. But it was just that touch of humanity. Every year he would get the guys to go. No, no wait a second. Wait a second. I'm sorry. And I understand where you're going, but there, there's two sides of the coin with Bill because, okay, he congratulated you, right? right? But I tend to recall, for example, he was a little pissed off about your weight, for example. <laughs> Is that not right? I mean, he always wanted you a little a little more, right? And what, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming dropping a huge 15-pound uh, ham in your car, did you find that as a nice gesture by Coach Walsh, or would you, did that piss you off? No, it didn't. It, it, I found it as he, he wanted me. He said, look, this is what you need to do. To help us out, you need to get bigger. You need to get stronger, you know, and – I'm going to give you a ham to start you off. <laughs> Did you get in the car and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> Did it say from Bill or no, from no, Coach? I didn't, I didn't know who it was from, but it, it, it was in the car. Okay, you know? did, you, did you eat the ham? Oh, yes, I ate the <laughs> ham. Better. It's, it's free. You better, man. I'm, free. Yeah, I'm black. I'm from Georgia, bro. <laughs> ham. A pig ain't did nothing to me, okay? <laughs> a pig ain't did nothing. But, but, you know, it goes back to, to – you know, people, when I was in Georgia, and, and I kind of left that spot, but when I was in Georgia in, in Thomasville, you know, people, I, I remember a time when um, I was at a pivotal time in my career because, you know, I, like I said, I came from, you know, working class family, uh, mom and dad divorced when I was young and stuff. 
Um, I I wasn't look. I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best person at the time either. And I and I and I got into different things. You know, I got into drinking. I remember one time I went to um, practice. We were having a spring game. You know, in a squad game. And in between there, you know, and I was probably it may have been my sophomore. It had to be my junior year. And um, I went home, stopped by a buddy of mine's house. Of course, he said, hey, you want to have a drink? I said, okay, I got time. I'll, I'll take a drink, you know. And one led to two. I, one led to two. <laughs> Next thing I know, I thought, I, okay, I'll take one, go home, sleep it off, go back to practice, you know, in a squad game. I'll be cool, you know. I mean, you uh, really got to be good. <laughs> I mean, You're I know. You're dealing how, with the elite no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. This is the thing now. I wind up, time got by me. Oh, no. And I said, oh, I can't go home. So I had to go back to practice, oh, right? No. And that was, I, I was not prepared for practice. And, and and I almost lost my, you know, that was one of the pivotal times in my career. That uh, the head coach, who, who I love now, and, and Coach Jim Hughes, he wanted to throw me off the team. Wow. Because they knew? Yeah, I was drunk, bro. Oh, <laughs> shit. I, I was drunk. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I, I ain't going to lie to you. And, um, and but uh, Coach Bryant, James Bryant, he was the uh, coach of the – back then, I mean, I was three steps away from segregation, you know. Sure. Um, I mean, so schools had united at that time. But he was the um, premier – African-American coach at Douglas High School where my dad coached at, where Charlie Ward's dad wow. played at and stuff, and where my mom went to school. So he knew me. Coach Walsh, Coach uh, Coach Hughes really didn't know my family. He knew my family. He knew my dad and stuff, and, he's, and he stood up for me because hmm. Coach Hughes was going to throw me off the team, wow. you know. Um, but, but Coach Bryant, God bless his soul, he stood up for me and said, give him a chance, you know, give him another sure. chance. Give them another chance, and and that's too something that I'm that I think about. You know, giving people another chance. I mean, we we all make mistakes in life. You know, um, we we all stray off. It's easy. It's easy to stray off than it is to stay on, mm -hmm. right? And giving people chances. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, and you go back into you know in, injustices and stuff like that. You know, talk about people getting put kids being put away for life and sure. stuff. They need another chance, man. Yeah. I mean, because we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And, and all we have to do is look at ourselves and be honest with us and say, I made some mistakes in my life. And if somebody didn't give me another chance or if I didn't get another chance, I wouldn't be able to be where I am now. But somebody gave me a chance. And that's something, too, I carry with me. You know, we all make mistakes, man. And but it yeah. sounds like it sounds like acknowledging, acknowledging, self acknowledging that True. you've made a mistake True. is actually just as critical as someone being able to give you that second chance. The first thing that has to happen, actually, if something really uh, momentous occurs in your life and you change and you win against adversity, it's not necessarily that someone's giving you that second chance. It's that somebody, uh, it somebody is you, and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, going, "You know what? I fucked up." How do I change this? And right. it's at that moment that I believe that what you're saying well, is when you I mean, you, you get your you ass grow. kicked off the team and you're out. And right. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you still need yeah, that's somebody a to moment. give you that chance. And that's where you either care or you don't care. Don't care, right. Well, right. So, so walk us through what happened. Like, how did your life change that day? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, or within because, that time? Because I, I, I looked at the game and I, I said, I got to respect the game. And I never 
got in that. Nah, I'm not going to say I never drank anything sure. again, of course, but I never abused that privilege of walking out on that striped field. And so when you when you did that that day, was your ego outside of your body? I mean, were, were you? did you think you were larger than life and you thought, I could get away with anything, I could do anything? Because at that time, you're probably 20 years old. No, I was, I was, I was a high school. I was, I was oh, you're in high school? Seven, okay. I was in high school. Wow. I was in high school, and I, it just time got – I just did something stupid. Okay. But it was a habit that I – it wasn't something that I did on a regular basis. It was just that I thought I could get away. I, I thought I could do – and go and go to sleep and then go back to practice. Not like you, I, you were a time was, optimist. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the first time I ever did it. The last time I ever did it. Sure. I never abused me playing football like that on the field. Now I've had other problems down the line that was off the field, but I never. When it's game time, I give it game time. I I I I, I, I set parameters around myself. And I give myself the time that I need to be able. Well, to, well hold on. To, I yeah. think this is an interesting because case. I don't want to disrespect the game. I don't want to disrespect the people that are out there, and I don't want to disappoint. That's a good point. Well, I think what's interesting is that the world sees the NFL, and what they see in the NFL is what's on TV, which is the product when you're playing the game. Mm. But you bring up a good point. You had stuff off the field that's going on, right? So. Football is an intense game. You're studying, you're, you're, you're right. game planning, there's strategy involved. Everybody's coming at you. Uh, how do or did you handle stuff when, it's, when, when you've got stuff going on off the field? How do you compartmentalize and still stay focused? And can you? Can you yeah, even can compartmentalize? You? Or like, what, what are some of the tactics that you used? Well, you know, some, it's just like everything. Sometimes we can keep that thing, you know, that, that, that water from coming ashore Sometimes that water breaks that barrier and it overcomes, it overruns your everyday life. Your everyday life gets mixed up with your personal, your, with your business life, and that's when you have to get help. That's when you have to know that I'm, I'm, I'm drowned in here. Mm. You know, the water has creeped over the boundary and I need help. So some sort of self-awareness. Same thing, self-awareness. You, you have to, you know, you, and it's just like everything. You have to be aware of where you are, who you are are and what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and if you if you stick to that 95 percent of the time you're going to be successful but if you start letting it overcome overcome and you start getting down to that 75 percent 60 percent you're not going to be successful you, you're going to have you're going to have you're going to be a 50 50 right you know <laughs> it might happen it might not yeah that's you a know? Good point. And, and most of the time it doesn't and you fall off but that doesn't mean it's over. You just gotta reevaluate and be willing to to to, to say I, I messed up. I messed up. I need help. I need support. I need whatever I need to help me to get through this. And and, and, and that's self awareness. Sure. You, you you have to be self aware. That's that's one of the biggest things. You have to become awoke about yourself and who you are and what you're trying to do. And then when you're trying to do things, when somebody's trying to do something. You can always get other people to come in and help you. Is is the idea uh, – self-awareness is interesting, especially in the NFL. People in the NFL have been told their entire lives how great they are. So self-awareness is, is probably more difficult in, in situations like that. Do you have different perspective now that you're older – and do you have anything that you would say to people that are in high school that are elite, college? Or, or the rookies coming in, like right now. Right. Like, it, it, And I know that's, I assume, one of the roles that, that in the Niners organization literally today, you have so much wisdom. 
uh, you've been in the league, you've, you've, you've experienced everything that you're talking about right now. What, talk to us about that. Well, you know, I, I look at the time when I first got in. I go back to my agent story. Oh, yeah, we never got there. We got we to. <laughs> but, I, you know, I managed to get through Georgia, and I managed Yeah, to, let's talk about you getting drafted. I, I, got, yeah. I got through Georgia, uh, you know, but I went to Georgia. I was pretty successful. Played with Herschel Walker, played with some great players, played with Norris Brown, played, you know, I mean, Charles Jr. These are just some of the guys that I know, Connie Norris. Um, you know, coached by the legendary Vince Dooley, uh, God bless his soul, Wayne McDuffie, who was my um, offensive line coach who passed away. Um, he was he he was one of those guys that, um, <laughs> you know, Wayne, Wayne, you know, when I think about Wayne McDuffie, I, I remember, you know, my, my boys used to say, that man looking for you. He's looking <laughs> when I was in high school. He was he was the recruiter. Sure. And, you uh, you know, he came, you know, and I, and I went to Georgia. I signed to Georgia. Um, but he was one of those guys. He said something to me. He said, you know, Mac, you're going to be out here for 30. You're going to be out here for an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. Give it all you got. Mm-hmm. That's what I took out there every day. He left. He went to Florida State. Um, and then, um, you know, I got another coach. And he's he's I didn't play but two years started two years in Georgia because mm-hmm. Wayne didn't like me yeah well that's because yeah. he I don't he, like he you wanted, either he but. wanted to make me a center he <laughs> yeah. wanted to make me a center I was a tight end you sure. know trapped in a center's body <laughs> 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 but uh, and then I got hurt and, and, and I you know just just all those things that yeah. that happened I got hurt after my soft after my rookie year I got I had the red shirt. I started back on the scout team. Sometimes I, you can get buried, right? Some yeah, because there's politics that go on. There's new recruits. There's right. there's donors that have oh, an influence. And, and, there's and, how do you because you you redshirt you get hurt. Well, like, one of your favorite lines: "Are you hurt? Are you or are you injured?" Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. that's a classic line. It's a classic line from the program, which yeah. is a great football movie. Right? <laughs> he gets up and he goes, "Are you hurt? Are you injured?" And he's like, "What the hell's the difference?" Oh, there's, there's a difference. A difference. What's, the, difference. what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? The difference if you hurt. Everybody gets hurt. Get your ass up. Everybody get hurt. You just uh, suck it up. Yeah. Now, if injury plan ain't gonna, it's not gonna get you any better. Yeah. You know, you have to, and you have to make that distinction between am I hurt or am I injured? Because everybody you, thinks they're injured. Right. Right. right? I'm injured. If, if just hurt, tape it up, shoot it, you know, whatever, yeah. and go play. That's right. If if you're injured, it's not gonna do you any good to go out there and play. You and by the way, the that. same thing again. There's so many things and overlaps in sports to business, and 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 I love to make these connections is if you're hurt I, that's i got the sniffles right get your ass up and get to work right, right? Yeah, like right. on friday yeah. oh well there's uh i could cut out at 12 and if i just tell them it's i'm working from degrees. home it's right. 80 i'm degrees. working from home right. right who are you cheating right you're not injured you're you know you're, you're it's it's uh it's a mentality and that's why we keep talking kind of circling back to this idea right. of what are you doing when people aren't paying attention because the discipline that it takes to actually go through an entire work week and get yourself to five or six o'clock right. propels you into this level of Monday being more productive. Well, it's, and you- it's it's winning, and and it's something we talked about lunch uh, at lunch, and it was kind of interesting. We we were like, well, when you know when when did you when were you on a bad team? And you said, I've never been on a bad team. <laughs> unbelievable. And so, which is unbelievable, and yeah. at the same time. 
we, we looked at each other. Well, okay. Well, one of the things we love to talk about on the show is, is winning culture, whether it's business, uh, because right. there are parallels. What were, are there common traits? I mean, you, you've literally, obviously I know your, your role in the Niners and through high school and through college, but was there something that was anchored uh, that was a common theme throughout your entire history as a athlete, as a football player for culture? Now, as I look at it, and I'm, I'm trying to go from yeah. high school and even even going back to why football. Yeah. You know, our flowers was, um, he was a leader in, in Thomasville, Georgia. He, <laughs> he used to get kids to play. On the special team, if he, he he would give them hot dogs, so everybody <laughs> so, wanted to be on. This so he was one of the first so he, coaches to create the bribe. What's right. well, the sticker? The but, carrot. But, but, yeah. but, 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 you're, you're, but you're appealing to human nature. Sure. Everybody want to eat. Okay. A hot dog. Kid well, that's something. Kid. Right. Kid well, that's favorite. something actually that you've really brought up through through Walsh, and it might be the right. common theme you're talking about is is recognizing human nature. nature. And if you can bottle that up as a coach, or understand that that's part of the culture that needs to happen. Maybe that's part of the formula that we're searching for on all these podcasts. It's like, yeah. look, that's a big thing. That's a great point. We all what? Human. Yeah. Yep. We all have, we all got to eat. We all want to be patted on the back. Yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's it. I mean, those basic needs, we want to be appreciated. We want to be said, you know, we want to be, you know, if we're hurting, we want you to take, Take the be consoled, time to be yeah. consoled yeah. And, and, and take concern for us and not just, you know, flip it. Hey, but how you doing? How's your family? And mean it. And mean it. And mean it. You know, don't say, is there anything I can do for you? And then I call you. And, well, yeah. I can't do nothing for you. Now, <laughs> now, is there is there a point at which you become too soft, though? Is well, there is there a, is there an edge or is that is that the art of winning? Is that how you? I think. If you look at loyalty, how do you build loyalty? Hmm. How do you build loyalty? You take care of people huh. that take care of you. You know, I mean, you go back to the mob. What, what do yeah. they do? How's your family? Yeah. How you doing? How, how you doing? How you, doing? How you, doing? Doing? you good? You need a turkey. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? You, or you, in your case, or a ham for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it's, 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 it's interesting though. But it's, but it's, it's just we. we we're human, man. We just need somebody to want to care for us and just be interested in us, pat us on the back. <laughs> and, and and that do, does wonders. You know, that does wonders for a soul, man. Just <laughs> just 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 to hear that, hey, you're doing a good job. Here, yeah. here you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it, it, and and you build you build loyalty, man, cuz they know this dude didn't have to do that. Yeah. Cuz so and so didn't ever did that. You know, and and now I'm giving everything I got. I, I'm not trying to skip out on Sunday, on, 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 on half a day on Friday. Because yeah. I know he's going to come in and say, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You need to go. You need to go get go be with your family. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not worry about, she got I'm paying her $35 an hour, and she got to stay here six hours really every day, you know. No, she's got kids. She she would love to have that time with that kid, maybe to take them to the park and see something different that they never seen because she only sure. gets off at five o'clock. Yeah. And by the time she does that, she got to she's got to cook dinner and and it's day and put you to bed. But she gets out at twelve. She can take you to the park. That's right. Read the room. Read have the some room. awareness. Have some awareness. Right. As you get older, yeah. you 
you know, you look back and I go, well, man, what I was 20 and now being 40, my whole perception of the world has changed. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with awareness and empathy for people and so forth. And, and I think you continue to, to multiply that. And there's some compounding interest that comes with it as you get yeah. older. So your perspective changes. But you do it, you do it not because you want something back, but you do it because I just want to do it. Well, it deepens your relationship you with people, too. It deepens right? your relationship, and, and, and that's that, what you're trying to build. And if you build a lot of really deep relationships, my life gets better, that's, right? You enrich your life. You enrich both You enrich yourself. That's you're exactly yourself. right. By enriching mm -hmm. others, you enrich yourself. That's right. That's it. That's that's the return. That's the return, you know. So we're really going to transition here because I'll be remiss if I don't get an opportunity to talk to you about uh the person I think who's as close to, I don't know what your religious be beliefs are, but he's as close to Jesus as there's ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> and that's Joe Montana. Okay. So I was, I've been Joe Montana for my Halloween. Well, I'm 41 years old now. So for 40 uh, years, right. I've been Joe Montana. <laughs> I have, he's got 16 right here. It's really weird. <laughs> you know, so, all right. So Joe, cool. So walk, walk, walk us through your relationship with him. Walk us through playing with him and just give us, just let's start at the top and let's just dive into what it's like to play for the greatest football player of all time. Maybe oh, the greatest man. human. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Joe, Joe is so, it's, it's so crazy. Um, I, I was a cowboy fan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. <laughs> I was, no, I was There's no 40 Apparently fans. Charles Haley is now too. Uh, so. right, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, cause I grew up as, as a tight end, Billy Joe Dupree, you sure. know, 80, 89, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, and I'm sitting up here one Sunday. Come, I came home from college, you know, you know, playoffs on, and I'm like, who are the 49ers that just beat the Cowboys and knocked them out of going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. I'm like, Joe, Mon who's Joe Montana? A couple of years later, I'm sitting there in the locker room. I'm drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, and – I'm at my I'm at a rookie camp, you know, we we we're three day camp after sure. the draft. Who walks in? Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. Yeah. <laughs> did did he walk in or did he levitate in? Well, they did. He, <laughs> he kind of just floated. Yeah, just floated. <laughs> it just was kind of materialized. Was there was there was there smoke coming off <laughs> of when he walked in? But how how, how did how he get, did you it. get a was there a different just, let's just go into a game and a, and a play. Let's be in a huddle. Was there a different – what was different about him? Was it right from the get-go at the huddle? Did he keep things loose? Was there something that was different, or was it – Joe just liked playing. Hmm. He just – it didn't come hard to him. I mean, it, it may have been hard, but it didn't just – he just – he went with it. You know, he was – he was just – he loved, loved life, loved, you know, him in D.C., inseparable at the time, you know. Uh, you know, and he was just Dwight Clark. Dwight yeah. Clark, yeah. yeah, just just like a kid, you know, just just having fun, man. And uh, you know, he wasn't all stressed about it. Yeah, you well, know? does yeah. the does the team take on his personality, Bill Walsh's personality, Eddie? Yeah, how like, does that work? How does the that team, dynamic work? I think our team took on Joe's uh, personality because you know, like you said, when Joe was in the huddle, man. He he wasn't frantic. He you didn't hear that nervousness in his voice, you know. Because players can tell. T they oh. can tell. And it'll, <laughs> right. it'll, 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 you, they can yeah. they can they, they can weed them out. They real can tell quick. you if you're exactly you struggling right. trying to get the play out and stuff yeah. like that. You can that. see it in their eyes. Do, right. do a couple of these. Yeah, yeah. But Joe was just Joe. You know, he'd just go out there and do it. And the same thing. Joe throw a bad pass. He said, "No, dude, that was my fault." 
That, that one's on me. Take responsibility. Take respons- he, but he takes it off for you. Yeah. Now, you probably should have caught that pass. Sure. But he don't want coach to yell at you or look at you. He say, I, I did it. That was my bad ball, man. I got to throw better. And he's setting the precedent for the entire team. The entire team. Yep. That, you know. That's incredible because we're talking about culture. We're talking about right. team. Well, we're and, talking about leadership. And let me bottle that up. I think everything that we've talked about, there's one element that we haven't addressed, and I think it's really important. It's It's have fun. Yeah. Fun is important. Having fun, enjoying yourself. So everything that you've talked about in terms of culture, in terms of caring for people, but working really hard because of loyalty, all these things have this interplay. And at the very end, don't forget to have fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's uh, it's critical. It's you, critical. Get, you got to. I mean, you got, you got to enjoy life. I mean, God wants us to enjoy this life. He gave us this life to enjoy. Now, there are pitfalls. There are things. But, you know, once again, they're going to happen to all of us. We're going to all run through struggles. I think adversity is something that everybody, like what Mike Tyson said, is all good until you get punched. Yeah, in the everybody mouth. has a plan. Everybody <laughs> has a plan, a plan until you get punched in the mouth. That's such a yeah. good line. And that's yeah. just life. Life is going to punch you sometimes. Life is going to, you're going to get some punches. Well, and, and as an athlete, agility, if you, and whether it's on the field or in business, is, is, is what you're talking about because, like you said, everybody has a great plan in business. It's, you think it's linear. Hey, we're going to do this. Here's the, here's the execution right. of the plan. And then, Life happens, and you're like, <laughs> do you freeze? Or do you <laughs> no, it's true. All right, so we're talking about fun here, right? Let, let's yeah. – a 13-year NFL career, we've talked about the difference between your era and then today's era, right? So to, in today's era, there's not something that goes on that nobody knows about. Right. But in your era, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that were probably really fun <laughs> that we don't know about. So yeah. – I mean, I understand there's probably maybe some and, people and that Kim, are- Kim, don't worry. This is just back in the day. This is before you and Guy got married and everything. So I'm not. I'm just going to set that out there. But, yeah. So there, I, want, I want a fun story. And I want you to go as oh, deep as you man. possibly can. And we'll edit this oh, out. Wow. How about, how about, won't. How about on the plane? Like, if you guys won and you had a, a cross-country a flight back, are you guys drinking uh, soda water and, and sitting upright and really uh, congratulating each wait, other wait, for wait, the wait, win? Wait, wait, wait. Look, I came in. They were smoking cool cigarettes in the back, okay? That's right. And wow. giving out. Uh, uh, and you got a, a bag of beer. And if you didn't want your beer, you gave it to the guy that you knew to drink beer. Wow. And this is after the game. It's after the game. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Green Bay, they give you a little sack. Oh, it's interesting, though, right? It's it's not a party. It's not as fun, and they didn't win as well, much. Well, no, no. They, they give you a sack of... Uh, Ferguson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a different type of fun but, pack. But you're, 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 you're hurt. You're yeah. hurt, man. Yeah. You, you yeah. play the game. You're, you're, I mean, not, you're, you're not injured, you're not, but you're hurt. You're hurt. You know. <laughs> they didn't give you both? By the way, that, that cocktail I'm, I'm might sorry. be <laughs> Just as implicitly as Niner fans, I wanted to state for the record that the Green Bay Packers provided you know certain party packs, whereas the Niners always just no, gave no, beer. They, well, that's no, what I was saying. They, the combination they, of both would have been really powerful. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't combine. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. One or the other. One or the other. One well, guy, we, we, I'm sure Wink could tell you some stories where he's combined a couple of things. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be his oh, cool. fun story. Oh, cool. It, it's, it's just so crazy. Were there par- I mean, there must have been parties. Or, or, oh, I mean. man. It's, it was a bachelor party that I went to. That, guy, that was a guy there called Superman. I ain't going to tell you. Leave no detail out. I ain't going to tell you why they call it Superman. What? <laughs> Are we supposed to guess? Yeah. What about, oh, or what about, uh, Char- let's talk a little bit about a couple he of your was, teammates. He, he, he was pretty super. 
What was ah, it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave, we'll it, leave it at that. I think yeah. we can all imagine. Was there, what, what, what happens after a game back in, in, in those days? Well, you know, back then, man, we didn't gather. We didn't, we, yeah, did y'all, y'all didn't hang out together? No, nah, we, we kind of, everybody was wanting to be a long ranger or no more than two, three, uh-huh. two what was it? What was it when, when, when two guys are at the club <laughs> and the third got, guy walks somebody in, somebody's, somebody's got to go? go. Is somebody, that, was that, a, that was a rule just, in general? Know, yeah, no cameras, no videotapes, no nothing, man. We, look, yeah, I, I hear we, there's. We, we were the generation of, dude, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't say See it. See no don't, evil. Don't, say no evil. Don't, yeah. don't tape it. Yeah. Don't, don't shoot yeah. it. Don't. Yeah. yeah. You know now, but even if you don't post it, somebody else gonna post it. And yeah. everybody's got so, a phone. Everybody's so got a camera. So you beat you yeah. beat them to the post. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's well, it. and and this this dovetails into something I think is is just as entertaining. I just want to talk a little bit about ritual. Right. And and in the context of you know every I feel like every player has this this sense that uh, they have to do something in order to get ready for the game. Is there any a couple stories that maybe that you have where where you know whether it's a walk into dinner or you know a team meal before the game? Was there any sort of weird off cuff stuff that someone would do? I heard uh, when we were at lunch, you were talking about someone wearing a robe or something, oh, or no, no wearing no. his uniform. What, what no, was no, hacksaw, hacksaw. Oh, yeah. God bless his. Uh, Hexo, I think he lives in the Bahamas on a deserted island or something. It's a good spot. Yeah. Good you know? spot for him. Yeah. yeah. But he, you know, he, he played at the Rams. That's probably where it all happened. Yeah, L.A. L.A. LA kind of yeah, yeah, gets weirds you. you out, yeah. man. Yeah. But uh, when he came to the 49ers, you come down to get taped to eat dinner, you know, to eat pregame. Axel's already in his uniform, full-blown uniform. So you're you're eating full. in your normal clothes. Everybody's in their normal clothes, and then this guy rolls in and he's full pads full, and ready to go. Full pads. That's got to be a little weird. I kind of like it. it. Yeah, oh, of I course really you do. do. I really do. Of course I mean, you do. I'd have. I'd be eating with my helmet <laughs> now, on. Do you, this is like three, four hours before the game. He's already like in yeah. his uniform. Yeah, no. Really yeah, like that's, that's eye black on. Yeah. I like the whole thing. I'm, enjo- yeah. I'm enjoying that. Well, well at, at this point, you know, if you want, we're we're gonna go to dinner after this guy. And, and what I'd like you to do, if you want to put some. Black eye on and the whole deal. I'll, I'll put my Joe Montana uh, uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you block for me? We'll put this on social media. Dude, I don't block for nobody anymore. Okay, yeah. Don't yeah. worry, I can't I, barely walk, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Oh, my God. But, no, Hacksaw, he would have the full. And then Larry Roberts, God bless his soul, he, uh, he would throw up after before every game. Oh, like Steaming Willie Beeman yeah. in, uh, he, in that. He would throw up, and then everybody would just start cheering. Yeah, are right. we ready now? Ready now. That, would be the, that would be that, the that thing. Was, that was the so cry. You, are, was it on the sideline, or no, was it, it in the locker room? it was in the locker room. Once, That's pretty funny. Once, we called him Juicy. Once Juicy threw up, we it was were all ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Major League when they bring the chicken in for yeah. good luck. Yeah. 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 The, well, listen, Guy, uh, first of all, thank you so much uh, for being here. I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing uh, a lot of things on a lot of wisdom about winning and culture and everything that we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to wrap up uh, today, and it's a wonderful Fuck You Friday podcast. Everyone, thank you for for joining. I just want everybody to remember to please tune in, follow us. We're on Spotify. We're on every possible platform out there. Like us. Do whatever you need to do to, to help us win, too. Whatever it is, Fuck You Friday. Here we go. Thank you very much. Right. Cheers. Thanks, guy. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, hey, God love you all. Y'all take care. And love on somebody out there. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Cheers.